This is God Alive. This is the Exalted Pile Driver. This is Criff. I mean Arnold. This is Alex and Nick from Tyrannonaut. Greetings from the far Siberian deeps. Here is Peter of Isgerur Morph. This is Zeke Evil from Natal Quest. This is Nick from Hessian Firm. This is Jason from Sulaco. I'm eating a plain cheeseburger. What's up, everybody? This is Ross Dolan from Immolation. This is Brian Mason from Charmer, Sulaco, and Contrarian. Maybe BML. What's up? This is Sully. This is Mama Nat. Hey, this is Rick Dorff from Wolfpack 44, the Electric Hellfire Club, and Coven. This is Richie from Grave Huffer. We're Immortal Possession, and you're listening to Grand Fourth the way to a thousand episodes. Yeah. And uh, we're in season 10. Yes. This is episode 250. From Syracuse, we started off with Winterlands with the song Castellan's Keep. That's coming off of their first self-titled release out April 5th. Nice. Yeah. How was your week? Um, it, was, it was pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. How about, how about you? Not good. No. <laughs> Why Thanks not? for asking. Why not? <clears throat> All right. So I found this uh, fact at the end of the week, which helped me process the beginning of the week. So mm. I will explain. Mm. Researchers find that writing on paper is more beneficial than typing on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. So something I've always done when I'm at work, it doesn't matter where I am, but if I'm taking notes, mm. it has to be with a pen on paper. Yep. I don't type my notes. Mm. 
which I always thought was kind of silly because I write out notes and then I type them up. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing double the work, mm-hmm. but for some reason it's always helped me. Mm-hmm. So this says a recent study from the Norwegian University of Science and Technology reveals that when writing by hand, there's more elaborate brain connectivity essential for memory and information encoding. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think that study's been done before. I don't think it's... No, I don't think it's new, but it applies to me this week. (laughs) Um, Something happened to me on Monday at work. Meltdown of the week. Yes. Um, That hasn't happened in a really long time, but I had to do a big presentation in front of a bunch of very important people. Um, And I tanked. And what I mean by that is... I felt fine and confident going into it, and I knew my shit. But seconds before I was supposed to kick off my presentation, I had a panic attack, which I haven't had in years. And I could not control it. <laughs> um, and what sucks is I had to, again, do the presentation for a different group of people on Friday. Mm-hmm. And so all week, of course, I was in my head thinking, well, I'm going to have another panic attack again on Friday. How do I get over this? Um, so Friday, I did my presentation again, and I could feel my panic attack like coming on. Like, I don't know if anyone gets panic attacks, it's listening, but you feel like your heart is going up into your throat, mm. and then you can't control the whole shaky voice and the physical effects of having a panic attack, and then you really get in your head, and then it's just really bad. Yeah. But Friday, every time I noticed my heart going into my throat, I started writing like positive messages out on paper, and I know this sounds really ridiculous, but it actually worked. Mm-hmm. Um, just writing stuff like, this shit is all made up. Mm-hmm. You're fine. Mm-hmm. You're safe. Mm-hmm. You're home. Mm-hmm. And I got through it just mm-hmm. fine. Well, that's good. But it's interesting works. that after I did that, um, I came across this random little study mm-hmm. blurb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of put it to test without knowing, and it made, made sense to yeah. me. Yep. Fun fact of the week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember reading that a while ago, and uh, kind of using that method to like study for tests. Mm-hmm. Like even though I didn't want to write all this stuff down, it helped to, you know, solidify everything in my head. Yep. So I definitely think it works. Yeah. yeah. There's. It commits it to memory. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think more than just. Hmm mindlessly typing stuff yes um i'm guessing your week was better than kenneth smith's week Uh uh-oh what happened to ken smith kenneth smith was do you remember i was telling you about the um alabama was going to be the first state to allow the execution by nitrogen gas oh yeah so i read up on that this week too yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it appears to be unpleasant. Um, yeah, I think I read somewhere that it took like four minutes or something, which is a really long time. Um, this says 22 minutes. Maybe I, I'm guessing that wasn't like the, the... 
Maybe it's the like the total time. Not like from they, the time he walked in. Yeah, maybe. Um I do see his last words were tonight Alabama causes humanity to take a step backwards. Thank you for supporting me. Love you all. And then it says, um, once the nitrogen began to overtake his oxygen, Smith smiled and signed, I love you to his family, according to a reporter who witnessed the execution. Um, but then it says the execution took about 22 minutes. Um, he appeared to remain conscious for several minutes. The Associated Press reported. For at least two minutes, Smith appeared to shake and writhe on the gurney, sometimes pulling against the restraints. Um, then there were several minutes of heavy breathing until breathing was no longer perceptible. And he, in 1988, Smith and accomplice John Parker were paid $1,000 each by Pastor Charles Sennett to kill his wife Elizabeth so that he could collect life insurance money. Um, Elizabeth was brutally murdered inside her home in 2010. The pastor died by suicide after the murder investigation began by police. So once he started being questioned he was like I'm out of here killed himself which is another sin right mm-hmm. he's a pastor he's not supposed to do that I think he wasn't supposed to do any of those oh, things oh yeah yeah that's right so I don't as know. a human <clears throat> I don't know it seems Adam. Yeah, I, you know, I have very conflicting feelings <clears throat> yeah. on all of it. All of it. Yeah. This seems, I don't know, from their description, it seems very inhumane. But then I'm sure there's people thinking, well, that's What the he point. did to... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. Okay, so... Again, this is like a weird pivot. I never know how to transition. Mm. But most of the songs this week are submissions mm-hmm. right to our website, which we love and appreciate. Mm-hmm. So lots of diversity. And we're excited, I think, right? Yeah, we yeah. are. Yes. So let's play a couple songs. Okay. All right. We're going to kick it off with Sin, along with the song Shaky Paw coming off of the Discomfiter release. Um, And this band is actually based in Washington, D.C., but has Buffalo, New York roots, Hmm. which is right around the corner from us. Yes, it is. Um, And then after that, we're going to hear Hyperborus from the Ukraine with the song Exaggerate. And then we're going to go into Inver with the song We All Get Lost, and this is coming off of their debut album, On This Earth, which is out now.
All right, I got a question for you. <clears throat> okay. Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. The movie. I figured. There's a remake coming out, right? First, okay. first, let me ask you: Did you like the original? Mm. That's not a test. It's a yes or no. I mean, it was okay. Yeah, I um, I think I grew to like it. Yeah, you like it more than I do. I think. Um. Yeah, it took a while, uh, but I, I do enjoy it. It's you know cheesy, but uh, so there's a remake. Coming out in March, I believe, that Dalton this time is played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, that's interesting. Which, okay. which I don't think I like. I don't know. Uh, I guess it's getting good reviews, but that really doesn't mean shit these days. Mm, yeah. Also, um, uh, Conor McGregor is in the movie as one of the villains. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the premise of the movie this time is that Dalton is a ex-UFC fighter that leaves the octagon and finds his second calling dispatching drunks and bullies at a rowdy bar in the Florida Keys. Doesn't he have enough money? Who? He's already ruined UFC. Now he's got to go and oh. ruin showbiz. Connor. <laughs> I know. He ruined boxing. <laughs> now he's ruining the movies. Well, we'll see when it comes out, right? We'll have to revisit it. Watch it. Yeah. Um, and give our professional reviews. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of this. I'm going to have to watch it, though, I guess. But Yeah. Well, now that we've talked about it and already <coughs> judged it. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go back into some music stuff, though. Okay. Um, did you know? This is kind of cool. David Bowie, Kurt Cobain, Tom York, Bob Dylan, and Iggy Pop have all used the same cut-up technique to write many of their songs. Have you ever heard this? No. Using poems or lyrics they'd already written, they cut up the they cut the words apart, mix them around, and put them back together in a different order to achieve a more poetic and mysterious sound. Mm. So you you know the ransom notes. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Oh, that's cool. Like they write it out or type it out, <clears throat> cut it all up, and then rearrange them. I know that's commonly that method is commonly used for like music. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I've done that many oh. times myself. Take little bits, pieces of things that I've written and uh, switch them around and reuse them. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know that, um, that they had done that with vocals. It kind of makes Lyrics. sense, though. Yeah. I mean, switching... Words around in a sentence does profoundly impact the message being delivered. Yeah, for sure. What is, uh, what's the method called? Cut up. Cut up. 
Um, I have some glitch in the Matrix moments. Mm. What's that mean? So, um, have you ever experienced a glitch in the Matrix? People describe it as a moment where you can swear that the world isn't what it seems and that we might be living in a simulation. Mm. You interested? Yeah. Uh, A couple of them are rather long. So, let's see. Um, my girlfriend of two years lost her mother unexpectedly six months before she and I met. She and her mother were very close. They were practically best friends. Now it's New Year's Eve and we're headed to her best friend's house for a party. My girlfriend decides to wear one of the last things her mother gave her before passing away a pair of gold earrings. At some point during the night, she loses an earring. Devastated, we retrace our every step and we do manage to find the backing of the earring. But no earring. It's now 24 hours later. I'm laying in her bed by myself with no clothes on while she's in the shower. I'm reading a book when all of a sudden, the fucking earring gets dropped onto my bare chest out of nowhere. I look around, nobody else is in the room, nobody else is in the house, just my girlfriend showering in the room beside me. I do not have long hair, and I was not wearing a hat, absolutely zero chance it was stuck to me. Alright, so this person was laying... In in bed. Naked, reading a book. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) How else would you read a book? I I think the earring fell out of the book. What? Yep. Next. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Debunked. <laughs> um, this one's called A Child Answer My Thought. Welcome to Glitchbusters. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't really know if this belongs here, but it's such a weird but insignificant event that I need to share it. I was at a family event today. There was a few relatives I knew but hadn't spent a lot of time with. While we sat away from the main celebrations with my partner and one of the kids, she was nine and took a shine to us. I thought I could smell smoke. Didn't vocalize it. Didn't even look up for my phone. Just thought it. The girl looked at me and said, you're right. They're having a fire next door. You can see the smoke. She then proceeded to point above the trees where there was smoke. My partner asked what... She was on about, and she didn't reply. I later asked my partner if I had spoken aloud about fires, and she said no. Hmm. Well, let's hear it. I don't know. I don't have one. No? No. Not debunked? No. All right. That's bunked. <laughs> um, let's see. This one says, glitch, or did I die in the previous universe? It's been about a week, and I am still trying to wrap my head around the fact that I might have died in another timeline and just jumped to this one. Background, I was driving down um, a very long highway up the coast of California at 8.15 p.m. Exactly, and I know this because I called my mom to let her know I was stopping to watch the sun as it was setting because it was breathtaking. As I'm watching the sunset, I hear a car's horn blaring, Fucking and I mean, <laughs> sorry, and I mean it was loud and sounded like it was coming right at me. I turn around and see a car coming straight towards my car and myself, and then suddenly I'm sitting on the ground, very confused. A headache started to come on, but I wasn't hit. 
My car wasn't hit and I'm still breathing. Obviously freaked out. I get back up and check my phone to call my mom because this is just crazy. And I notice that it's 8.13 p.m. I check my phone to see if I actually did call her, but there's no history of it. I shake the nerves off and decide to just go home quickly, thinking maybe that was foreshadowing. Foreshad- uh, foreshadowing sorry. Um, an event I did not want to relive. Once I'm home, my mom asked me why I called her and just hung up. I asked what time I called. She said 8.15. There is still no history of me calling her on her phone. Am I crazy or did I just jump timelines? Sounds like drugs. <laughs> Debunked. <clears throat> Sounds like they were on ice. No, stop. <laughs> um, some of these are like really long, so I'm trying to... There's one in here that said... Um, let me go jump back up really quick. Seemed disorganized, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. This one says a coat follows the theme of your week, doesn't it? I'm very organized. <laughs> this one says a coke can clipped through a tree. I was grinding tree stumps today at work. In the middle of a 60 year old tree stump was a vanilla coke from 2020. Literally in the middle of the stump. Not sure how. Mm, that's weird. Uh, sounds like psychedelics. <laughs> You know who was really, really, really into LSD? Who? Once upon a time.
that was Viking with the song Hellbound from the Do or Die demo from 1986. Do or Die turned into a, a record that was released by Metal Blade uh, in 1988. But that was the demo version of Hellbound. Why did you pick this? Um, I don't know. It's a classic. Okay. And um, I, I mean, Grandma. First, yes, first Grandma heard, picked this. First heard Viking on Metallic Overdrive. <clears throat> ah, okay. And that cool. Hellbound was the first song that Grandma heard by Viking. And, uh, and it just stuck, huh? Yeah, it, it was worth being played, I think. All right. Uh, so while we were listening to Hellbound, I came across an entertaining quick fact. Okay. Laser tattoo removal doesn't erase your tattoos. It breaks down the ink particles so your white blood cells can carry them to your liver. Oh, man. So basically, this means you end up pooping out your old tattoo. That's, that's funny. How does your liver feel about this? I don't know. Is your liver indifferent? I've never had tattoo removal. No. Nope. I, I stay <clears throat> true to my bad decisions. <laughs> nope. That's why I'm still here, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love all my tattoos. Um, I don't know that we've talked about this on the show, but I actually got a portrait of your 13-year-old self on my back. Mm -hmm. And it's really entertaining. Yep. Sure is. (laughs) So anyways, you got something to talk about over there, right? I do. All right. I have a, a scent theme. For this, the rest of this segment and the next one. Okay. <clears throat> um, they're different though, obviously. Did you say scent? Yeah. Okay. Um, like money or smell? Smell. Oh. This is a uh, University of California has uncovered strong evidence that enriching the air with fragrances improves cognitive performance by strengthening a critical connection between neurological areas involving memory and decision-making. Their experiment involved 43 men and women aged 60 to 85 um, suggests cognitive decline in conditions such as dementia might be slowed by simply diffusing a different choice of perfumes throughout the bedroom before bed each night. Seems kind of weird, right? Yeah, and I'm fucked. <laughs> Why? Because every perfume scent gives me a headache. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Maybe I'm already in my cognitive decline. <laughs> Keeping the old gray matter stimulated as we age is vital to maintaining good cognitive health. That doesn't just mean keeping up with a daily crossword. It means peppering your environment with all kinds of sights and sounds for your brain to chew on. Mm, okay, so it's about stimulation. Yes. Okay. For other animals, enriching the environment with odors has been shown to stimulate neuroplasticity, especially in tests involving animals with human-like symptoms to neurological disorders. Um, 
<clears throat> it's not exactly a stretch to believe humans could also benefit from experiencing a complex scentscape. Psychologically speaking, our ability to detect smells deteriorates before our cognitive ability begins to decline. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't either. Interesting. Yeah. All right, let's get to the study. All right. To determine whether cognitive decline can be saved with, with this kind of sensory stimulation, Yasa and his colleagues provided 20 of the study's recruits with an assortment of natural oils containing fragrances of rose, orange, eucalyptus, lemon, peppermint, rosemary, and lavender. I was just going to say, where's the lavender? The rest of the group were provided with a sham that contained trace amounts of an odorant. All of the participants were required to use one of the oils with a diffuser to perfume their home for two hours every night over a six-month period, rotating through their menu of fragrances. Uh, it says that they gave the participants a battery of tests um, from memory, verbal learning, planning, attention switching between skills before and after the six-month trial. And astonishingly, there was a clear 226% difference between the responses provided by those who were exposed to a variety of fragrances and individuals in the control group. The scan of their brains also revealed a significant change in the anatomy linking areas of the brain critical in memory and thinking within the test group. I feel like I'm in school. Oh, that's kind of interesting. It is interesting, but <clears throat> there's a lot there. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts? Don't you think cognitive decline could be connected to any decline in your senses? Or do you think it's just scent? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I like his... Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. And I also wonder, not to bring up a controversial topic, but if there's any link, you know how some people, when they get COVID, they mm -hmm. lose their sense of mm -hmm. taste and smell. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes forever to come back. I wonder if that attribute, if there's like a connection with like long COVID symptoms, if you lose mm -hmm. one of your senses mm -hmm. while having COVID. Hmm. I, sounds like a new study is in the works. <laughs> Dr. <Yes>. Grimm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we were kind of talking and I didn't plan this. I didn't even tell you. That I was going to talk about this, mm. but um, you were talking about the writing things down. Yeah. How that solidifies that in your memory. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you you should test this out. Okay. If you write something down and introduce a scent while you're doing this, and then when you have to recall it later on um, have that scent present again to see if it helps you with your recollection. Oh, that's interesting. Right? 
Yeah, but that's a lot of headaches. That's a lot of work, yeah, <laughs> and a lot of headaches. <laughs> Unless you do it with farts. No. no. All right, let's get into music. <laughs> I knew this was going to take a turn at some point. I was just wondering. Well, when. here it is. All right, we're going to head to India and listen to the unofficial Utopia with the song Deny. And this is coming off of their 2022 debut album, Realitized Fiction. And then after that, we're going to Scotland and we're going to hear Gutter Blood with the song Hard Gandhi. This is the title track off of their latest release. So this, so uh, this is kind of cool. I didn't mean to stop you, but I know I put a lot of notes in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this was a submission we got through the website yes. and they're focused on mental health, mm-hmm. specifically men's mental health. And I think trying to kind of overcome the stigma mm-hmm. behind that. Mm-hmm. And I just really like their message. So this song has a video. Uh, the video version is a little longer because, um, you know, there's some visual things in mm-hmm. there, but it's kind of like uh, a guy, you see a guy, a journey of a guy who has this internal battle mm-hmm. between addiction and sobriety and realizing like neither side is perfect. Mm-hmm. So I recommend if you guys enjoy the song to go check out the video. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. I don't know 
Lay down. Crash. And burn. I never ask for help. And show no weakness. Keep going. You know you can beat this. Massacre, you arrogant little parasites. Middle class attitudes running about high as kites. You manipulative fetal troglodytes. the right to remain silent. Anything you say can be and will be used against you in court. You have the right to talk to a lawyer for advice before we ask you any questions. You have the right to have a lawyer Soul. I'm scunnered and redundant and I drink away for the dole. 
The average man is so starved of personal positive attention that a simple compliment is enough to steal his heart. And I let you steal my heart. And you took it and traded it for a patsy. Welcome to the massacre, you arrogant little parasites. Middle-class attitudes running about high as kites, you manipulative fecal troglodytes. My friends say I dodged a bullet. At least you're not threatening to slit my throat again on hula. At least I'm not sat alone hunting for a drink to get me through it. Because I've considered my life. And I chose not to do it. It's cocaine and caviar. Fentanyl and fish sticks And we both know There's only one way to fix this told you guys it was going to be a diverse week absolutely <laughs> absolutely i have more on sense dollars not, not no not like coins oh but, okay uh i have these are uh what is the signature scent for your zodiological sign Oh, okay. Mine happens to be first. Aries. Uh-huh. Aries smells of the tin taste <laughs> of fresh blood, diesel fuel, and a blown-out birthday candle. I don't understand, but All right. I'm not offended. You want to skip to yours? Yeah. Then I'll read some of the other ones? Yeah. They're all pretty interesting. All right. Aquarius, ruled by unruly Uranus. The unequivocally strange, strange Aquarius smells like a lightning strike, triangles, down feathers, Tesla's mustache. What? Tungsten wire. 
space dust, chrome, and white amber. <laughs> that is quite interesting. Indeed. What All do you right. think? Tesla's mustache, huh? <laughs> that you, one caught my attention how, for sure. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'd have to smell it. <laughs> <laughs> you smell yourself and you'll know what it is. Uh, so going back to in order from after Aries would be Taurus. Taurus smells like room service and estate sales, the belly of a ripe fig, semen, cacao, cold mashed potatoes, and a lavender field at midday. Those, okay, that is a lot yeah. of different, very different scents. These are, these smells are very creative, I have to say. Um, Gemini smells like tea leaves, hummingbird feathers, crushed up Adderall, and a daisy plucked clean of its petals. Okay, who is, who's, who wrote this? <laughs> it's, it's animals A to Z. <laughs> um, cancer smells of moon water, crayfish urine, magnolia blossoms, amniotic fluid, someone else's sweatshirt, Nests of garbage, vinyl records, and aloe vera. Someone else's sweatshirt. Yes. Okay. Just some someone else. All right. Uh, what's next? Leo. Leo smells like line dried laundry, frankincense, popsicle sticks, gratuitous bouquets, and grudges. Grudges. <laughs> what do grudges smell? I don't know. Virgo smells like graphite pencils, caraway, the rich rot of mushrooms, holy water, antacids, the cracked, cracked spine of a rare book, and the first bite of a Granny Smith apple. Um, a lot of... So... Rotting mushrooms smell uh, really bad, don't you think? It's very earthy. Yeah, it's a really very gross smell. Libra smells like inside of a vanilla bean, Damascus silk, restoration hardwood. For some reason, restoration and hardwood are both capitalized. Uh, cinnamon. White lies and clean lapels, a silver spoon, catnip, uh, an elevator pitch, and cufflinks on the nightstand. <laughs> wow, okay. That's a lot, huh? Scorpio, rulers of the eighth house of sex, death and secrets. Scorpio smells of root cellars. Palo Santo. I don't know. Do you know what that is? No. Uh, motel sheets. That's not a good thing. Clove cigarettes. Melted wax. Oyster brine. The husks of snakes. And other people's money. Maybe that could be like new pickup lines. <laughs> My, are you a Scorpio? You smell like somebody else's money. <laughs> 
Next up is Sagittarius. Sagittarius smells of continental breakfast. <laughs> Asphalt at dawn. <laughs> leather pants. I guess it would depend whose leather pants. <laughs> Lemongrass, neon lights, bean stalks, and sagebrush. These all just seem very random and there's no uh, theme or concept. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, Capricorn smells like old money, fresh cement, right angles, ivy, black licorice, yardsticks, and fine tailoring. And Aquarius was next, which we already read. Uh-huh. And finally, Pisces. Pisces smells of sweet potatoes, opium, brackish water, nihilism, rainbow sprinkles, yuzu, and myrrh. And that's it. I didn't know that right angles had a scent. And they sure do. They smell a little bit like cufflinks on a nightstand, but more like triangles. Oh, thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. <laughs> and now you know. All right. Have you heard enough of my nonsense? <laughs> oh, good one. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should head out of here. Okay. Um, okay. Staying true of our diverse week, we have another um, segment of Cool Band. So we're going to kick it off with... Hurrah, hooray. Um, I hope I'm saying one of those right with the song Kagura, and this is the title track. Um, Kagura, among other things, is a ritual dance conducted by a female shaman expressed here in textures of sounds and voice. I suggest putting a good pair of headphones on and enjoying the journey of this one. Mm. Do you have a brand in mind? A brand? Yeah. What do you mean? You have some new headphones that you're really fond of. Oh, I do. I don't remember the brand of them. Right. Sound something. Oh, SoundCloud? Well. They're, not, they're not paying us, so. Yeah. You know. I do have cool headphones, though. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, then after that, New Skeletal Faces with the song Skeleton Structure off of the Celestial Disease release, which is out now on Transylvanian Recordings. Also on Transylvanian Recordings comes Talk Show with the song New Ocean Prison coming off of the Hyperstition release, which is out now. Let me tell you a little bit about Talk Show. All right. While Scott Weiland spent the late 90s in drug rehab and working on a solo album, the rest of Stone Temple Pilots, namely guitarist Dean DeLeo, his brother Robert and drummer Eric Kretz formed Talk Show with Dave Coots, formerly the vocalist of Ten Inch Men. And that's about it. Until next time. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't be an asshole. And? Does this rag smell like Ethernet? Mm -hmm.